the night at 10. It's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Good morning and welcome to a, when is this, Monday, Tuesday? It's a Wednesday. It's Wednesday, Mike. <laughs> Wednesday. Always throws me off when we have that uh, three-day weekend. Oh, I our love vacation it. buddy over here is already complaining about having been gone and lost track. We're so sorry for you. You should be. It wasn't necessarily a complete vacation. Well, I, I get that. Funeral to deal with. I get that. I wouldn't. It, here's the thing. I would have been gone. Even if I wasn't on vacation, you would have been filling in for me for at least three days anyway. I completely lost my voice. Did I got, you really? Yeah, I got sick uh, over the weekend last weekend and completely lost my voice gone Tuesday and Wednesday. So, you had the COVID? Uh, no, I took a test. Did not have the COVID. Although I have a whole bunch of people around me that have COVID again right now. You know, now, I, I, for those I of mentioned you who think to you that the COVID is fake news. No, they took the test. I'm yeah. not making that up. I mentioned to you, if you lose your voice, go ahead and come to work. We're we're fine with it if you just sit there and say nothing. <laughs> well, it would have been, you know, I I could have done that, but I don't know. It's Rick still would have had to been here. Yeah, true. Yeah, I would have had to have been here either way. So yeah. that's nice to have you back. Well, I, thank you. Kind of. Um, nice to be back so that I don't have to forward all those eight emails. Yeah, how many did you get, by the way? Yeah, my phone started going off. I'm sitting there. I'm trying to take a break from anything having to do with uh, the radio station, politics. I'm not paying attention to the news. Just trying to enjoy the rest of my week last week. And all of a sudden, my phone starts ding, ding. I'm like, what the heck's going on? And yeah. I'm sitting there and getting these emails and and they're like accusing me of saying things and i'm like i'm not even working today so i, I said a couple I, of things i yeah. immediately yeah. just said i'm forwarding this to you and chris and well i was hearing about you know it. the former president throwing plates around and ketchup dripping off the you know and dishes being broken and i may have said something about trump being a diaper baby but i don't remember exactly what i said <laughs> so i'm i appreciate that you got all those uh Texts and emails and messages. Well, I don't. And that wasn't it me. me it It was all Mike Casper. Yeah. Uh, next time, if you could do me the favor, when when you <laughs> fill in for me, say, once again, I want to remind you that this is Rick Worthington saying this, not Mike Casper, so please don't wake Actually, him up. Actually, once in a while, he does that. Yeah, occasionally. <laughs> well, apparently, they weren't listening very good. Well, that's all right. Uh, our phone lines are open this morning, 208-336-3700. Spe- um, speaking of Donald Trump, did you see uh, what Joe Rogan said? Uh, he won't could, have him on his podcast. Yeah, sure, he's, right? I, I just I don't know why I assumed it, but I guess I assumed that uh, Joe Rogan was a Trump supporter, but apparently he is not, not at all. So surprise. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I'm glad you brought Joe Rogan up. Um, you know that how mad Crosby, Stills, and Nash were um, because of Joe Rogan and uh, podcast that he had earlier this year, and in in support of uh what is it uh crosby um david crosby david crosby yeah um saying that he would no longer allow his music to be sold or played off spotify because joe rogan's show oh was on spotify is on spotify they pay him over 20 million dollars a year to be on spotify that you know he he was upset with him and he would no longer allow. Well, that didn't last very long. Uh, apparently, money talks louder than than words because they, they have quietly said, "Well, yeah. wait a minute. We want to be back on Spotify. We didn't mean forever." 
Artists have been doing that for the last, well, decade or so, you know, with all the streaming services. They announced that they're going to be exclusive on one streaming ser- or, you know, service and stay away from all the others. And about six months later, they're on all the others. Yeah, I don't even think this list lasted like, what, two months, three months? Something like that. Said they would never be back until Spotify got rid of Joe Rogan. Well, we knew that wasn't going to be happening because Joe Rogan is the most popular <laughs> or, Spotify yeah. broadcast. So that, and they're paying him $20 million. Either so. you get rid of Joe Rogan or my bills uh, come due. <laughs> One of those things is going to happen. Apparently that happened because, uh, yeah, they quietly you know, begged to come back, and now they're officially back on Spotify once again. And Joe Rogan... Is still there. He didn't disappear. Yeah. They didn't fire him. He, they didn't do a thing. This is one of those uh, deals where woke cancel culture did not work. Probably cost him a little bit of money, too, yeah. in, the, in the meantime, as you said. Hey, good news. Look at that. The stock market is only down 110 points this morning. Well, it's better than yesterday. Oh, yes. Now, this is going to be interesting to watch. Um, I don't know if you guys paid attention yesterday also. Uh, gas prices or oil prices dropped below a hundred dollars. So I mean, we're it dropped like over fifteen dollars a barrel. Yeah, we've got some of that in the news today. Yesterday, um, wow, the gas prices here could drop like a cent. The, the gas prices haven't dropped at all. And I, I listened to the news earlier this morning. Nationwide gas prices have dropped three weeks in a row. They've dropped twenty-one cents nationwide in the Boise Treasure Valley area. Gas prices have not dropped at all yet. It's because well, we don't have a refinery, Mike. Plus, you know, we don't like to just copy everybody else. Everybody else has a refinery. We have Idaho a refinery. We have we our oil has to get refined somewhere. It, not in Idaho, it doesn't. It still has to come from somewhere, so well, it's being how, refined. How do you get it here? You have to get it here by truck, which is Once, expensive, right? I get that, but if the entire rest of the nation has dropped three weeks in a row, why hasn't Boise's dropped? It went up fast. Sure did. We didn't have an oil refinery then. You know what I think you should do? I think you should stop driving your car and file a protest. With um, trust me, I don't drive near as much as uh, I did even six months ago. You know what? I sold my gas-guzzling pickup. We've, talk, we've talked about uh, possibly investing. We talked about possibly investing in a... You, have a, you and Chris both have a... Uh, um, oh, God, what do you call it? Not an electric vehicle, hybrid. but a hybrid. Right? I did. Yours, yours... I did. I don't have a, a hybrid. Oh, any I thought longer. you still had the, uh, bought the hybrid. I bought a hybrid. Yes, it broke. It broke. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not uh, an endorsement. If, if we have a half hour, I'll explain to you the <laughs> three cars that I purchased this year, and I've just got one over the weekend that I will uh, show to you and explain. I saw uh, an article that said uh, that predicted that the car. Um, industry is going to see a, a similar implosion to what the housing industry saw in 2008. I'm sure. Because their car prices were so high, people are underwater. If they want to get rid of their car, they can't right now. Um, also on our news this morning, 12% of the cars in America right now financed are over $1,000 a month payments. 12 percent yeah and that's of the something. cars financed in america people and, uh, are paying over a thousand dollars a month for their car seems pretty steep for 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 a car well, considering just 15 years ago you could probably get a house for just a thousand dollars a month well you could definitely yeah kboi news time is six fifteen. rick worthington here with the uh, latest in sports Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Get in today for lunch. Don't forget Wednesdays, uh, one of their most, most popular soups. Rick, you can back me up on this. Oh, yeah. 
jalapeno, bacon, potato, cheddar. It is fantastic. It's a little uh, uh, spicy, hot on the back end, but it is absolutely delicious because it has bacon. That's part of it. That's for darn sure. Have we have we broken new guy into Fat Guy's Fresh Deli yet? Maybe you should. You sh- yeah, we should make that happen. He needs to be on board with this. Okay, let's go. Seattle Mariners baseball. It's a winning streak. The 2-1. Swing of this is smoke down the right field line, headed towards the foul pole. This has distance. It is fair. It is gone. Sam Haggerty's first of the season. Who? He muscles it out to right field. He tags Clevenger deep. And the Mariners take an early one nothing lead. Clevenger's the pitcher that is a little bit all over the place, has a really strange wind up somebody's rocking all over the place and then throws um got hit hard by Haggerty yesterday actually that was his first home run ever or at least first homer of the season but he wasn't done back up there batting from the left side Clevenger checks in with Moore lead at second here's the stretch and the 0-1 pitch to Sam Swing and a line drive into right field. That's going to drop in a base hit. More on in third being waved in. Mazaras throw to the plate way up the third baseline. Dylan slides. He's saved. Sam Haggerty with an RBI single with two outs. His second run batted in already this afternoon. And the Mariners now lead the Padres 4-1. And what a day for Sam Haggerty. That was the call on Cairo Radio. Uh, Sam Haggerty with a nice day. Uh, the Mariners would go on to beat Padres by a score 6-2. to two. And would you look at the standings mm-hmm. in the American League mm-hmm. West, please? The Seattle Mariners, one game be- behind uh, 500 baseball right now. They're 41-42. and 42. They are in second place behind the Astros right now. <sighs> How and mighty have fallen. The Angels are... Next to last, nobody's going to be worse than the A's are this year. They're doing this with four of their best players on injured reserve, right? Well, three of them on injured reserve and one of them on a six-game suspension. Give them credit right now. The Seattle Mariners uh, are 7-3 and three in their last 10 games, and they're playing a lot better. And if the pitching comes around and some people get healthy, they... They could make a run at a wild card spot. I don't think they're going to catch the Astros 13 and a half no, games behind that'd be them. Kind of difficult. The Astros are the second best team in the American League right now. The Yankees are running away with everything right now, 58 and 23, but a good year right now for the Mariners if they can keep it working. KBOI News Time is 617. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 624, he's Chris Walton, I'm Mike Casper. Our phone lines are open this morning at 208-336-3700. Toll free, 1-800-529-5264. That's uh, wherever you might be listening. Wide, wide ranging until the sun comes up anyway, and then uh, might be a little more difficult to uh, listen in some areas. You can also call us if you have a Verizon wireless, just hit pound. 670, uh, email chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Coming up, uh, more information uh, coming in now from the uh, Highland Park 4th of July shooting. A seventh victim has uh, now passed away. Saw yesterday um, after the show that a two-year-old was found. Both his parents parents got shot, so he's he's an orphan. Officially an orphan. Um, we got more information in uh, yesterday uh, after the show. Um, there are seven 
charges now officially of murder when we were done yesterday. I think when the show started, it was just person of in interest. Then that turned in later, um, just before 10, while we were still on, that they were then officially a suspect. And then charges were filed yesterday afternoon in uh, the shooting. And more charges are, are coming as soon as they figure out what they should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, the seven cases of murder, that one was easy. Uh, they're going to figure out how many cases of attempted murder and uh, add to those. We'll talk more about this um, because I, I just still don't understand how this happened with the laws that they have in Highland Park. Um, we'll get into this a little bit more. Also uh, coming up, um, we did see this. It, there were 14 fires, I think, in the uh, Boise area having to do with fireworks. 14 at, at, at in least, Tampa. At least on, on, on the 4th of July evening yeah. and, and on the evening of the 3rd as well. Uh, Debbie has this thing on her, uh, her smartwatch that alerts her every time there's a, a police call anywhere in this area. And it was just one after the other. Structure fire. Uh, vegetation fire over and over and over. Meridian, uh, surprisingly, only had uh, one fireworks-related fire, and that was in a uh, garbage can. Somebody mm. lit off. So I guess if you're going to light fireworks off and burn something, garbage can is the best place to uh, light those off, right? Did they get a call because there was a garbage yep. can on fire? Yeah. Because, you know, you could just take a hose and put that out <laughs> in probably a couple seconds, right? Yeah. Well, it depends on where it was. Maybe there wasn't a hose, or maybe, you know, it wasn't their garbage can, and they say, mm. hey, there's a fire over here. Um, the, the interesting thing that I saw was that air quality on the 4th of July in Boise was in the green category during the day, which is good. That's green is good. By midnight to 2 a.m., the air quality due to fireworks Mm -hmm. in the Boise area went to maroon, which is the worst category you can have. And there is no higher category than maroon unless it would be dead. Um, but yeah, from midnight to 2 a.m., the air quality in Boise, because of the fireworks, went to maroon, which is worse than it's ever been. There were a lot of maroons out that night. Yes, there were. <laughs> Our phone lines are open, uh, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, I bring up the 4th of July because there is good news that could possibly be happening next year. Um, it's something that I don't understand why we haven't had happening. I get it. It was canceled. covid I'm talking about the 4th of July parade. There could be 4th of July parade coming back because since 2019, there has not been a 4th of July parade in the Boise area. You would have to go to Caldwell or Star or or Marsing to one of these other areas to see your 4th of July parade. But that could change next year. We'll have details on that coming up for you, too. 4th of July parade is a little bit of a sensitive subject right now. Oh, because of, so I'm, I'm like, why? What happened on, oh, yeah. in Boise? What, what not, not in, nothing I, in Boise. Okay, I, get, I get it because of uh, Highland Park. Yeah. Um, KBOI News Time, 627. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 641. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can email Mike at KBY.com, Chris at KBY.com if you want to take part in the show, and we encourage that. You can also send us a text message. That's the same as our main number. Found out yesterday you can uh, go home again, but you really can't go home. I uh, made the mistake of driving by the uh, house we sold last year. Oh, my. Year. I saw the pictures. It's not there. <sighs> there is nothing there. They they ra- is- they raised it to start over. They 
turns out they just bought the lot. Literally just bought the lot because we had a swimming pool. We had a 2,500-square-foot patio that we put in, a Mm three-level patio with a koi pond. Um, We had a sunken hot tub. We had trees that were in the back. It was just a nice backyard oasis I drove by yesterday just to check it out because they had told us when they bought it that they were going to take it down to the rafters to uh, expand and well, change it, the home. They took it down to the rebar. Uh, no, they, rebar isn't even left. I mean, the only thing left is a hole in the ground where the basement was. Good point. Rocks were taken out. Trees have been taken out. That whole 2,500 square foot of concrete that we poured and, and Tracy and I designed the uh, patio is gone. We had... A nice little trellis set up back by the pool that uh, we had installed, gone. And I mean, now are these <clears throat> the people who bought it? Do they have more money than God? I no idea. They they told us that it, that they could either go down into the city of Eagle. Um, you're, you're right. They bought it just for the lot, and they could get you know a new house the way they wanted it, sitting on a quarter of an acre. But they wanted more room than that, or they could buy this house and redo the house and have a full acre, which is what they wanted to do. And granted, I, we got what we wanted for the house, the amount of money we, we wanted. Mm-hmm. We were able to buy our, our dream home. So no regrets. Uh, no regrets other than the fast. It, it hurts my heart a little bit because they can do whatever they want for it. They, sure. they paid for it. They can do whatever they want. Um, it's just weird because we literally spent two years doing a complete remodel of everything in that house. Carpeting, flooring, new roof, new appliances. So I hope they didn't just throw everything away. I mean, we had lifetime guaranteed carpets in that place. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to do it. I, I hope they either donated it or, or sold it. Like I said, I, I don't begrudge them at all. It's their home. They paid for it. They can do what they want. Um, it it would ju- it hurt my heart a little bit. But apparently, driving by. I mean, they say location, location, location. Apparently, that is the only thing they liked about that, it. That was apparently, yeah, unfortunately, the only thing that they liked about it. Didn't apparently didn't like our. We had a new roof, <laughs> we had a new fifteen thousand dollar roof put on that thing. Gone. It only been used for two months. Wow. Yeah. KBLI News Time six forty five. Time for a check on what's going on with sports once again this morning. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian, the place to go for lunch. Not just Meridian off Wells Avenue, but also in East Boise off Gallon next to Albertsons in the old Quiznos location. Get in for lunch today. Find out why they have been rated the number one deli in the state of Idaho. Good morning. We have some Boise State recruiting news to share with you today. As the Boise State football team added its second big athletic tight end to its 2023 recruiting class yesterday. His name is Oliver Fisher. He's 6'5", 225 pounds from Sherwood High in Oregon. He announced his verbal commitment last night on Twitter. As the Idaho Statesman reports, the Broncos have now landed back-to-back commitments from tight ends. This after 6'5", 232-pound San Diego native Caden Dawson joined the class on Friday. Now, Oliver Fisher, let's focus on him. He's a three-star tight end recruit. He also had offers from Eastern Washington, Uh, The Vandals, also Portland State. He visited Boise State back on June 19th. The Broncos officially offered him a scholarship on July 1st. And yesterday, he officially accepted and will be a member of the Broncos recruiting class for 2023. Oliver Fisher, tight end.
I'm Rick Worthington. 657, 63 degrees in downtown Boise. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. It's 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Police here confirming a seventh victim who was shot at this parade has now died. Over a dozen remain hospitalized, mostly in stable condition. Among the dead, 88-year-old Stephen Strauss, confirmed by his son. Also among the dead, a 73-year-old grandfather and a woman who worked at a synagogue here in town. It does seem, according to the police, that this attack was pre-planned for several weeks at least. The authorities are going to be continuing to comb through this to see if they can learn anything uh, about this motivation. But the pre-planning is disturbing. And were there any warnings that, that ever came into law enforcement? Or is this yet another mass shooting preceded by social media posts that went unheeded? B. More info, as you are seeing there, is rolling in about the uh, Highland Park shooter. Seven charges, as many as a dozen more charges are expected. First charges, of course, all first-degree murder charges carry a uh, maximum sentence of life in prison without the chance of parole. That's in Illinois. In Illinois. The As you uh, mentioned in that particular spot right there um, that you heard from the uh, news drop that he'd been planning this, it sounds like, for weeks based on investigation, you know, early investigation just so far. Kamala Harris, Vice President Harris, was uh, in Highland Park yesterday, and once again she called for Congress to ban assault rifles however they decide to uh, define that here's the thing if you if congress is going to ban assault rifles why doesn't it work highland park has an assault rifle ban highland park has red flag laws take a listen to this in april his family called police a week after he threatened to kill himself in september he threatened to kill everyone and cops confiscated 16 knives, a dagger, and a sword. He's also accused of sizing up a synagogue in Highland Park in April of this year during the Passover holiday. Sizing up? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, they're just mentioning that, right? Because it's not exactly against the law to size a place up. Would you consider that uh, if you're sizing it up to have mass violence, that that might be a red flag? Well, if, if people know about it, yeah. Well, apparently they knew about it. Mm. Uh, he was, however, not arrested and went on to legally buy five guns, including two rifles, which were all bought in Illinois, which, by the way, once again, has an assault rifle ban. Mm-hmm. And this, we still haven't heard the exact gun was used we just have heard that it was an ar-15 style weapon what that means i don't know 
usually they call something an AK-47 style, but an AR-15 is just an AR-15, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, and it might not be an AR-15. It might be just that type of style weapon yeah. that looks like, you know, what an AR-15. There are other, you know, brands of AR-15 looking type weapons. I think when, they, and this is just, I think... When they say AR-15 style weapon, it has the, you know, had handheld stock. Um, it's the scary looking gun instead of just, you know, that that can easily have attachments and different stuff. Yeah. I think that's what they mean when they say it's a AR-15 style weapon, not just necessarily an AR-15. So I don't believe it's an AR-15 or I think they would have come out and said it was an AR-15. Uh, Highland Park whatever officials. It, whatever it was, it, it 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 was rapid fire. Yes. Uh, well, but, uh, no, again, it was. It, it wasn't was, even rapid fire. It's you still have to pull the trigger yes, once for every. Yes, but you shot. can. But you can do so like bam, 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 bam. It's no problem. Right. You can do that that's, with any semi-automatic. But that's still rapid fire. Yeah. Um, in 2013, Highland Park officials approved a ban on assault weapons and ammunition magazines of more than 10 rounds. This was back in 2013. So this is the, so he was breaking that law the, too. The, yeah, the, these are these are all laws that were broken. Um, Illinois has some of the strictest gun laws in the country. Once again, the assault weapons are banned in in Highland Park too, Cook County. Uh, most of Illinois bans assault weapons. Uh, Illinois has a red flag law. So based on all the information that they're getting out, I mean the fact that the police were called and sent to his home because he threatened to kill everybody. And he tried to kill himself, apparently. Yeah, and tried to kill himself. They they took away his his knives and his sword, but he was still allowed to purchase five guns. There are, there are going to be two ways that people are looking at, at this thing. Um, one is, is that you know the, these places that have a lot of gun laws uh, don't have lower crime than the places you know other places in America, and uh, there, there's still a chance that you could have a shooting there just as much as any place else. So some people are saying, okay, well, then just get rid of the laws because they're, they're ineffective. Other people are saying, well, they're ineffective, which is why we need to double and triple you know, on, on most of the laws. I think there's another possibility. How about enforcing the laws that are already on the books? That also I mean, would be a good idea. You can look at this and say, well, there's no way this guy should have had a gun based on what the red flag laws are in Illinois and specifically Highland Park where he lived. He should not Some, have assault. Somehow, though, so-called assault. Weapons. Somehow, he passed a background. Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing apparently not a very thorough one. I, th- there were four of them that he passed. Yeah, um, Sabrina. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Good morning. So you guys were just talking, and one of you was saying that a semi-automatic was a rapid fire, like AR-15 style. Yeah, and okay. so, well, that's not true. Those are two different things, and you're kind of con- you're mixing guns. They're not in the category in the category, so you're kind of misleading people. In what way? Well, the the guns they want banned are the ones that you don't have to pull the trigger each time, right? Automatics. That's a, that's they also want to ban the ones where you uh, just pull it over and over and over and over. Well, 
what do you, they're not the same, but they started out with the ones that you, you know, they want to be on the ones that you can just hold the trigger down and have them fire, rapid fire. Automatics, yeah. yeah. Essentially what they want to do is get rid of the ones where you can easily, in a short period of time, kill an awful lot of people. So, do you think that all these laws are helping? That they already have on the books? Do you think they're helping? Well, in this particular instance, I would say absolutely not. Because they weren't enforced. So right. So it's, what it's hard to tell if there would be more shootings without them. Uh, no. So what makes you think that, that, that more laws are going to help? And more laws are going to take the guns out of innocent people's hands and put them in the criminals' hands. All you need to do is look at other countries that have done this. Well, there are countries who have banned them altogether, and they don't have any shootings. Oh, do you think that's going to happen here? Do you no. think that's realistic? Well, first of all, they're not going to ban all guns because uh, our Constitution protects the uh, right to keep and bear arms. So, Sabrina, thank you for the call. Appreciate you uh, calling in and your thoughts. Appreciate it. KBY News Time 715. Let's get a check on what's going on with sports once again this morning. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian. Get in today for lunch. Find out why. That guy's rated the number one deli in the entire state of Idaho. Good morning. We look at college football in the landscape that is ever-changing. Well, the Pac-12 right now is trying to push up negotiations for its next media rights agreements in the wake of the decision by UCLA and USC to leave for the Big Ten. The Pac-12 announced that its board of directors authorized negotiations after a meeting yesterday morning. The conference's current media rights deal expires in 2024, but the Pac-12 accelerated the timeline for negotiations for the next one with two of its marquee programs headed out the door. UCLA and USC announced on Thursday last week, you heard it right here, that they're leaving the conference for the Big Ten in 2024, and that knocks the Pac-12 out of the nation's second-largest media market in Los Angeles. The Pac-12 already had the lowest distribution number among Power 5 schools, paying its member institutions about $19.5 million in 2021, and losing the two Southern California schools probably drops that number significantly by probably not quite half, but at least a quarter down to around the $15 million range. We'll see. And now a lot of people are wondering what's going to happen with the other Pac-12 schools if they will try and also look for another conference to jump into. I'm Rick Worthington. I'm for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 724, Jeremiah Bates is uh, back. Talking about your money, um, looking like the stock market is going to be down just a little bit as we get underway this morning. Um, I want to specifically ask, oil prices dropped over 10% yesterday, and I saw an article that said uh, oil prices could drop later this year to as low as $65 a barrel, which yesterday before the drop was up uh, over $111 a barrel. My question is, is this a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, everybody that is paying high prices for gas, of course, it would be great to see gas prices drop. But if oil drops to $65, it's because we are in a full-blown recession. So that's why I'm asking, is this necessarily a good thing or could it be a bad thing? 
It, it could be. I mean, it's probably a combination of both because a lower a drop in oil price doesn't necessarily translate to an immediate reflect of a drop in gas price. Because if you're looking at the the components of uh, price of gasoline. It's refining, distribution, marketing, taxes, so and the, the you know the kind of global price demand on actual crude oil. So a lot of these things are separated from the actual price of oil. But we are seeing a drop because there is the concern around the the deceleration of growth when an economy is contracting, much like we're seeing with what the Federal Reserve is doing with interest rates. They're meet, they're going to release their meeting minutes from June today, which is going to give investors some more insight onto their kind of sensibilities around. Uh, the recent deliberations and their economic analysis. But when you have a, a contracting economy and things starting to slow down, then that generally does not bode well for gas prices because there's no demand. Things aren't growing. So um, that when you're talking about full, full-blown recession, true, the kind of question now that is the big argument is how long is the recession? How deep is the recession that we've talked about? But but general point is, uh, yeah, we, we could likely see the price of oil start to drop uh, quite a bit, especially worldwide, if we really start to see demand and things slow down because consumption is just kind of coming to mm-hmm. a bit of a halt. And there's a lot of indicators right now that we are starting to kind of see these things come to this head where with the Federal Reserve will get exactly what it's want, get get exactly what it wants, a bit of a demand destruction where prices just get too high, people stop spending. And then we start to run into this, uh, the kind of technical factors of a real recession. The yield on bonds has become inverted, I, I guess, in that the, the two-year Treasury bonds uh, are paying off better than the 10-year ones right now. What, what causes that? Yep, and we so we saw that yesterday, and, and this is a leading indicator, and it's been a leading indicator of previous recessions, and it's really just the market trying to price in and speculate the aggressiveness of the Federal Reserve. So generally speaking, I mean, think of it like a CD. If you're going to lock up your money in a longer-term CD, you would expect a higher payout just from the standpoint that you're locking it up for a longer term. Well, similar looking at these uh, treasury bonds, you're seeing the two-year give you a higher payout than the 10-year. That's when this yield curve gets inverted, and that's when there's that concern, the growth concern and the the recession concern that we're seeing. Jeremiah, it looks like uh, we're going to be opening up in the green now. Uh, All three of the indexes are up just a couple minutes ahead of the opening. We'll get an update from you in an hour and uh, talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thanks, gents. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Last hour I told you about driving by our old house that we sold. Well, it's not. It's a hole in the ground now. It used to be our house that we lived in for 20 years, but the new owners are, have raised it. Um, I'm going to completely rebuild, which they can do. Um, this, however, is a Horrific story. We told you about this a couple of months ago, about a, maybe about a month ago. A family in Idaho, North Idaho, came home to find that a contractor had accidentally removed their entire roof. <laughs> Remember that? Accidentally? Accidentally had, re, had removed their entire roof. Okay. This happened in Spirit Lake, Idaho. Um, a local family has been living without that roof now for almost a month after theirs was removed by that contractor once again accidentally they threw up they you know showed up at the wrong house that's an old joke too guys you don't talk you know as i i just lie here and look up at the stars i i wonder who stole our roof <laughs> they said that this is a nightmare this is absolutely the worst thing that i could have imagined 
Said, my daughter came home from school, find that people were removing the roof of our house. Her house has now been covered up with a tarp and has been covered up since the roof was gone. No explanation except a letter left by the contractor, which says that there had been some miscommunication. Wow, do you think? And they were sent to the wrong address. She understands that people mess up, but now, apparently, no one is taking the blame. How horrific would that be? It's like, okay, it, yeah, we made we made an accident, um, but it's not our fault. Apparently, well, you can you can still sue them anyway. Uh, Dr. Roofing told the uh, family that their insurance would handle it. Claims the family has tried to file with the company's insurance have been denied. In the latest letter, they say the policy issued to Dr. Roofing contains an exclusion for property damage arising out of an open roof condition. You caused the open. They caused the open <laughs> roof condition. Mm-hmm. So they've had a massive amount of recent rainstorms, and now the issue is worse. Water has seeped into the house. Parts of the floor had to be removed. There's also water damage to the carpet and drywall. They said it's very stressful. Their kids' room. They can't, can't sleep in there because moldy smell, mildew. Mm-hmm. Um, the price to fix this mess originally was probably going to be about twenty to thirty thousand dollars. Bids from other companies to redo the roof and all the other damage now uh, coming in at over seventy thousand dollars. The one thing in there, it's not difficult to find a kid's room that smells like mildew. <laughs> this is true. How crazy is that? I mean, I get it. Accidents happen. All right, but in the you know in the grand scheme of accidents. This may be one of the worst accidents you could possibly have. Well, and whoever made the accident, and, and it's like you said, everybody says it's not their fault, but whoever uh, was the one who caused the accident should be offering to pay. Yeah. It just sucks that they're probably going to have to go to court to sue somebody, and how long, you know how long it takes to go to court. I mean, here it's already been a month. Their house could be destroyed by the time they have yeah, the able new, to get a court date. The new owners could completely knock it down by then. <laughs> KBOI News Time, 7.45 time for another check on sports. One final time this morning, brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Wednesday, that means one of the most popular soups available today. Get the jalapeno bacon potato cheddar uh, soup available every Wednesday. It's one of their most popular. Get into Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Boise, or in Meridian and also East Boise. Good morning. When the Seattle Mariners are playing well, Mike Casper is pretty happy, so we'll focus on that for the time being. And a guy named Sam Haggerty from the Mariners had a pretty nice day. The 2-1. Swing and this is smoke down the right field line, headed towards the foul pole. This has distance. It is fair. It is gone. Sam Haggerty's first of the season. He muscles it out to right field. He tags Clevenger deep. And the Mariners take an early 1-0 lead. Once again, the call on Cairo Radio. Sam Haggerty with his first home run of the year. That one to right field. But Haggerty wasn't done. Back up there, batting from the left side. Clevenger checks in with Moore. Lead at second. Here's the stretch. And the 0-1 pitch to Sam. Swing and a line drive into right field. That's going to drop in a base hit. Moore on in third being waved in. Mazaris throw to the plate. Way up the third baseline. Dylan slides. He's saved. Sam Haggerty with an RBI single with two outs. His second run batted in already this afternoon. And the Mariners now lead the Padres 4-1. to And what a day for Sam Haggerty. Always nice to see the Mariners coming through. They beat the Padres by a score 6-2 to yesterday, taking both of their games that they played from the Padres so far in this series. And they'll have another opportunity later on. As far as the American League West goes... Would you believe 
the Seattle Mariners are now in second place. It's true. They're behind the Houston Astros by 13 and a half games. But the Angels just can't figure things out. They've lost four in a row and have dropped all the way down to second to last, better only than Oakland in the AL West. We know how bad that is because the A's are the worst team statistically in all of baseball and maybe for a good long time. In any case, congratulations to the Mariners, who are now on a four-game winning streak and 7-3 and three over their last 10 games. I'm Rick Worthington. Daughter came home from school to find that people were removing the roof of our house. It was a mistake. It should have been fixed, but no one will do it. I, I just got to thinking about this as uh, we went to break. That, by the way, is the owner, Jessica uh, Houtvelt. This mm-hmm. once again happened in North Idaho where the uh, contractor, and they admit that there was a miscommunication. <laughs> so right now they're not covered because they're not covered. Exactly. And, right. and no one has replaced their roof. They've had rainstorms. They've had rain leaking into this. God forbid. Now, it's seventy. the price to now replace the roof and fix everything that has been damaged by the weather is up to $70,000. And I got to thinking, God forbid that because uh, they, they said that they're worried about their kids' health and how long they can go without li- uh, without a roof. and <laughs> yeah, Without what technically is shelter. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, they have a tarp over the roof right now. But if they have water leaking in there, and say mold does grow, God forbid, this could turn out to be a multi-million dollar damage that, you know, if, if, they, if they get mold infection. Because, I mean, mold can be a very hazardous thing to your health. And mm-hmm. if they have kids living in that home, you know, and if there's mold that starts to grow and they start to have health problems... Some it, this could be a much cheaper fix if they just get it done right now and quit saying, "Well, it's not us; it's it's the insurance company." And the insurance company, which is just weird, saying, "Well, we don't cover things that you know have to do with uh, a missing roof." The company did it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the company was buying the insurance, um, you know, for mistakes like this. Did the damage? It's just absolutely crazy. Like getting run over by a truck that says State Farm on the side. <laughs> well, we we don't cover being hit by a State Farm truck. Two oh eight, but your State Farm. Two oh eight three three six thirty seven hundred. Uh, if you have any horrible contractor stories you want to share this morning, here would be a good chance for you to do it. You can also email Chris at kboi dot com. Mike at kboi dot com. This is an email yesterday. We had asked a question, um, you know, from veterans who possibly may have served uh, as police officers in some way, shape, or form. Um, is, in their opinion, it a different feeling if you take the life of someone as a police officer or if you take the life of someone in, in war? And we got this uh, email in, or actually rather a text message, uh, Iraq, Afghanistan vet here responding to your question yesterday about it's if it's different taking a life in a military versus civilian service. The short answer is yes. Long answer, Cops have to police other Americans who share or should share the same values and beliefs as we do. We have a common uh, collective culture and believe in personal rights and freedom of choice, even the perps. The enemy, military experience, does not share this with you. They are trying to kill you. It's either kill or be killed, and you are protecting yourself and your brothers in arms. No remorse for what I did. It was my job, and it was them. That's kind of how we figured it in... uh in the army or in you know in in the military you have a job to do mm. and you know your job you've been trained for your job you you may not like it but i don't think it's going to you're probably going to feel the same shock 
as you would if you just inadvertently murdered somebody. KBY News Time, 756. Your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. Welcome to the 8 o'clock hour, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through to us, take part in the show. Also toll free, 1-800-529-5264. Email chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. You can also uh, send us an instant message through our fan page on Facebook, or you can text us, same as our main number, 208-336-3700. Seems like fireworks um, happen more this year than ever before. I don't know if it was because pent-up want to light off fireworks, you know, after COVID, Mm -hmm. you know, because there are a lot of fireworks shows that were canceled during COVID, uh, just seemed to me like it. There were a lot more fireworks going on over the Fourth of July holiday. It could be that maybe if people had something else to do, that they wouldn't be lighting off fireworks as much. In our neighborhood, there were people who had fairly decent displays on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday <laughs> night. Fireworks. You, but you've you've paid for fireworks before. It's not cheap. I have a friend uh, that owns the uh, Fat City Fireworks. Um, they, he has a big, huge warehouse mm-hmm. um, out towards Mountain Home area, and he has the Fat City Fireworks here in town. He said, y- you would just be shocked at the money that people come in and drop. He said, it, it, it's amazing. People will come in, and they will drop $10,000. On serious. On, on a you family know, actually, fireworks display. I, I believe you based on what some of my neighbors have had. Yeah. You know, th- things that go, go up in the air and explode and and are quite elaborate and probably are, you know, 10 bucks a shot at minimum. Some of those non-safe and sane fireworks go for $200 a pop. Okay, I could be way off with the 10 bucks thing. Yeah, 10 bucks might get you, a, you know, a handful of firecrackers, which don't hold them in your hand when you're lighting them. Um, however, you know what I miss? Smoke bomb. <laughs> maybe this... Will be something that you know, like I said, if you have something else to do, like possibly a Fourth of July parade, maybe that would uh, keep you from having the need to light off fireworks to celebrate the Fourth of July. Now we have not had a Fourth of July parade going on here in Boise for the past three years. They canceled it in 2019 due to uh, COVID because they didn't want anybody uh, around, you know, passing COVID around. Um, and then the Dave Barrett family. Uh, the family that has organized the We the People 4th of July Liberty Day Parade for nearly two decades stepped away last summer. And it's weird that, I mean, the city had nothing to do with this other than issuing the permits to do it. And and it was sad in in my way of thinking that we didn't have a 4th of July parade Mm. in the biggest city, the capital city of Idaho. Uh, I mean, for three years. And there were no plans to bring it back. But apparently now... There is plans to bring it back. I've been missing the Veterans Day Parade. There's another one, too. Uh, Treasure Valley-based CapEd Credit Union announced yesterday in a press release that it plans to provide the financial support to help organize volunteers, community members, and organizations and businesses to bring back the Independence Day Parade here to the City of Trees. Todd Christensen from CapEd Credit Union was on Nate with Nate Shellman yesterday uh, talking about what's going to be going uh, into this. Over the last couple of years, and you're, as you're sharing there, 
and your listeners know that uh, the parade in 2020 was canceled due to pandemic, the pandemic. And in 2021 and here recently, yesterday, um, we did have a full organization in place for the Independence Day Parade in Boise, Idaho's capital city, through great conversations with the Barrett family, the city of Boise, CapEd is stepping forward to provide financial resources and the organization behind bringing back and ensuring that uh, our capital city, uh, Boise, has an Independence Day parade starting in 2023. So this is done. This is It's coming back. It is coming back. We've had some conversations as recent as today um, around this with some of our planning partners. We were hoping to announce it earlier last week, and then there's a few pieces here and there. And we really didn't want to overshadow this year's 4th of July about conversations about next year's 4th of July. So here on July 5th, we're sharing with our community that we've been a part of since 1936, that CapEd together with community partners, uh, businesses, organizations, volunteers, local media, and partners at the city of Boise to bring back the 4th of July Independence Day Parade. There you go. No, no details on what time it will happen. Uh, hopefully, I just had a problem. With maybe, maybe it'll be the Fourth of July mystery parade. <laughs> with, with uh, you had the Fourth of July parade, which um, happened in the uh, after late afternoon during the hottest period of day. Then you had the Christmas parade, which went on early in the morning, which was the coldest part of day. And it's like, why don't they flip those two around? Um, Todd Christensen, by the way, with CapEd, also went on. Um, there are ways that, uh, for those of you who want to be a part of this, can also be involved in it. We've uh, secured the website boiseforth.com. So Boise, the number four, th.com. We have information there. Uh, but the most important piece there is an intake form, or that's what I would refer to it, uh, for individuals, as you shared, those who are interested in being participants in the parade, whether that's a commercial enterprise, uh, volunteer group, a nonprofit group, or even down to a family who wants to come out and celebrate with us the, our nation's founding, they can fill out that form. And then those who want to join us as uh, part of the planning group, there's been a great group that the Barrett family, we need to give a shout out to Dave Barrett and his family for the last uh, some 20 years. Uh, David and his wife and their children have put on the 4th of July parade. They're stepping back, but they're here to share their wealth of knowledge with us as we step forward and bring together a planning group. So those who want to join us on that planning group, we encourage them to fill out that form as well. Once again, if you want to go to that website, Boise 4th, that's the number 4th.com. So not only can you have a float in the parade or (laughs) walk in the parade next year, you can actually help put it on. And, And it goes... He mentioned it, but I just want to say, uh, again, David Barrett and their family um, put this on for two decades, and they did it with their own money. So, I mean, they donated their own money and all the time and effort that went into this. You know, when you when you talk about the money um, and, and how much probably you would have charged if somebody took the time that it took to plan this, you're, you're talking over that amount of time, hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's so, a, a lot huge of people thank to, you to the Barrett family for doing this. A lot of people this. to coordinate. Yeah, and, and once again, they're still going to be involved. Um, they won't be involved in the planning, um, but they will be helping them out, <laughs> showing them, all right, this is what you don't want to do. This is what you want to do. This will help you out here. Um, if you are interested in getting more information or uh, taking part in volunteering, once again, that uh, website you can go to is Boise 4th, the number 4, 
KBOIRadio.com. KBY News Time is uh, 8.15. Stick around. Coming up when we are uh, back, have a chance for you to pick up a $50 gift certificate to Biscuit and Hogs. Also some big news from Biscuit and Hogs. And I'm not talking about the gift certificate we're giving away today or the fact that the Biscuit and Hogs sweet deal is going to be going on Friday morning. There's some other really big news about Biscuit and Hogs we're going to share with you on the way, too. You can stick around for that. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. Biscuit and Hogs, $50 gift certificate is yours. If you're the first to answer, and uh, Dennis, you're going to be at the first chance to answer and take home that $50 gift certificate to Biscuit and Hogs, according to uh, Flag Manufacturers Association of America, what percentage of U.S. flags are made here in the United States? Oh, this is Ron. You said Dennis. Uh, oh, did I? Sorry, 94%. Ron. I was happy to learn about 94%. Ninety-four percent. Uh, you would have exactly right. All right, exactly on ninety-four uh, percent. You had to get it three percent. Either way, I was kind of surprised by this because um, a lot of the flags that I've seen say "Made in China," in China. Um, but yeah, ninety-four percent are actually made here in the United States, which I think is a positive, good thing. In China, they make them red and white and then more red. <laughs> uh, hang on, uh, Ron. You got that $50 gift to it. We'll get some information. Lots more uh, chances for you to win. We got another chance tomorrow, another chance on Friday, and then Friday morning at 9 o'clock. Keep in mind, our sweet deal of the week is Biscuit and Hogs this week. $50 gift certificate for only $25. This is one of our fastest-selling sweet deals that uh, we do. So this will be gone in less than five minutes, I guarantee. I think one time it sold out in less than two minutes. So you got to set a reminder, whatever it takes, to make sure that you are there right at 9 o'clock sharp at KBOI.com to take advantage of this deal. I promised that we would have other big Biscuit and Hogs news for you. Biscuit and Hogs is planning to expand nationally. Really? Nationally? Nationally. They're preparing to expand locally and then nationally, um, and the first state that they are going to be expanding to, Ogden, Utah, will debut in November if all goes according to plan. The second one will be built in Northwest Meridian, part of the Orchard Park, formerly Linder Village, at Linder Road in Chinden. That should start in 2023 if construction stays on track, according to uh, Boomer Godsell, the owner. A third location will be built at 516th Main Street in Caldwell sometime spring of 2023 if everything stays on track. In the meantime, they are actively getting franchise documents in order to start franchising Biscuit and Hogs. He said, uh, Boomer says his goal with Utah is to prove that the concept can go outside of the Boise market. He said by the time they open up Ogden, they'll have a couple of months under their belt and then they'll start selling franchises to show that it's doable in places other than Idaho. Trust me, I, I, I don't think people would love this food uh, just in Idaho. I think this would travel <laughs> anywhere, don't you? I mean, you you and I have both been there um, many times. Anywhere I've been, I think, yeah. yeah. Um, it's just a completely different ap- atmosphere. Uh, Boomer you know, says that some of the national 
franchises like Applebee's, Chili's, and others like that seem to be, you know, going down. And he says this thing, this franchise could, he think, takes the place of a lot of the uh, different national franchises. Um, it, it's completely unique. If you've never been there, you can check it out. Um, I'm just really happy to see that there's one going to be going in uh, in Caldwell, a little closer um, to our, our home, and another one going in Meridian in 2023. The Ogden one, of course, will be the first one to open up, and then franchising is next. It's going to be taking over the world. And that's in addition, he just opened up the McCall restaurant because he also owns Sunrise Cafes, the original Sunrise Cafe, and the brunchettes, the one with the yeah. brunchette on the lake in McCall just opened up a couple of weeks ago. Those are all wonderful, too. I don't know how he has the time. I don't know how he has the recipes. <laughs> anyway, congratulations, uh, Boomer, and uh, congratulations to our winner this morning, Ron, getting that $50 gift certificate. We'll take a break uh, when we come back after news. Phone lines are open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KDOI. You know, if you uh, want to get your day started off on the right foot, maybe you're dragging just a little bit, you might want to uh, take my advice and head to Fast Eddie's in Meridian. It's a great way to start your day, not just because it's a gas station and you get some of the best prices on gasoline anywhere because of the discounts they have where you can save 10 cents a gallon just by getting a Chevron card. And if you get your car washed, you can also get an instant 30 cents a gallon off your car once you buy your full service car wash. That's not the reason. I'm talking about starting your day off with various brands and styles of hot coffee if you are into energy drinks there is no better place in the entire treasure valley for you to get your energy drinks they stock over 300 different varieties i guarantee you're going to find a flavor that you like plus if you're looking to start the day off with a great breakfast earl of sandwich offers a great breakfast every morning they're open at seven o'clock with breakfast burritos and sandwiches you don't even have to get out of your car they have a quick easy drive through window. And speaking of convenience, they have a drive through window for everything. Everything in their store, you can pull up to their drive through window and you can get it so you don't even have to get out of your car. Find out just how convenient Fast Eddie's in Meridian is. Fast Eddie's in Meridian on Eagle Road. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. It is uh, 840. And on the uh, phone with us this morning, we have uh, Luke Mayville. He is the co-founder of Reclaim Idaho. And uh, working on t- uh, getting a quality education ballot initiative passed uh, in November's election this year. Uh, Luke, thanks, first of all, for taking a few minutes with us this morning. Appreciate the time. Um, and let's start things off with our listeners. Uh, why don't you explain exactly what is a the quality education ballot initiative? Well, thanks so much, Mike. This initiative would increase uh, public school funding in Idaho because right now we are 50th out of 50 states in funding for public schools. And and you might think, okay, what does it matter that we're 50th out of 50 states? It, it really hurts our kids um, because when we don't fund education, we can't pay competitive salaries for teachers and other staff members. And, and that means that they're 
not applying for positions or they're leaving the state to go elsewhere. Uh, we also can't fund programs and things like career technical education, welding, ag science, carpentry, other programs, because we just don't have the funding to do it. So this initiative would increase funding for education and it would pay for it uh, with a very reasonable tax proposal. Most Idahoans, over 99% uh, of of the people of Idaho would not pay a penny of new taxes. Um, This initiative would only restore the corporate income tax rate to what it used to be, and that wouldn't apply to the typical small business. It would mainly apply to larger corporations. And uh, the initiative would also add a new tax only on the income earned over $250,000 in a year uh, by an individual or, or the income earned over $500,000 in a year uh, by a married couple. So it's a reasonable tax proposal to really do something good um, for the future of our state by investing in our education system. How many, how many signatures did you get? How long have you been uh, collecting them? We started collecting signatures about a year ago, and we ended up getting, uh, as of yesterday's count, we we ended up with over 100,000 signatures, and um, over 70,000 of those turned out to be valid. Uh, We needed 65,000 valid, so we're over that threshold, and, and we're excited to turn those into the Secretary of State later today. How long have you been uh, getting this, and, and what kind of uh, problems did you run into as you were trying to get this on the uh, ballot? Oh, well, uh, we started back in June of 2021, about a year ago, and, and last time I think I was on this show with you all, um, was right around then because we were in the middle of this really unfortunate situation with the Idaho legislature where they were trying to make it impossible to get initiatives on the ballot. Uh, so that was one of the major obstacles. We, we weren't only dealing with, you know, COVID-19 and, um, and you know, a record-breaking heat wave that summer and all those other things, but we were also dealing with the legislature that was actively trying to really kill the initiative process. And, and uh, they did pass a law that made it almost impossible to get initiatives on the ballot. Fortunately, we were able to uh, file a lawsuit and then the Idaho Supreme court took our side and struck down the law passed by the legislature. So now the initiative process is still healthy and protected and it's still possible for citizens to put an initiative on the ballot. Who is scheduled to speak at, at the Capitol today? Today, we're going to hear from a whole range of uh, people in the education community, the business community. We've got a um, we've got a 13 year old student. We've got a, a teacher and in uh, a really underfunded uh, school district. We've got a business owner of a of a you know company that employs over 200 people um, who's speaking about how good this initiative is for business. Um, We're going to hear from a former superintendent, uh, a school board trustee. So it's, it's, it's going to be quick. Everyone's going to speak, you know, and, and we're going to move things along, but, but we're going to hear from a really wide range of voices. So it should be a great event. Now, this is only going to be half uh, of your process, right? Uh, You get it on the ballot, but then coming up, November, you still have to 
get that passed when it comes up for a vote. Uh, what do you uh, predict as far as, you know, you've been traveling the state, getting these signatures. What do you predict are the chances of this passing once it's on the ballot in November? Our view is that if we do our job and get out around the state and tell people about what this initiative is, to tell people that this initiative will invest in the future of our state, that it will fund education, it will make teacher salaries more competitive, it will strengthen programs in fields like like welding and carpentry and ag science. Um, if, if people know the basics and they know how, also know how modest and reasonable the tax proposal is, um, we believe that we'll win by, by a large majority um, because we know that the vast majority of people in Idaho value the public school system. It's, you know, if you're, if you're a working family in Idaho that you rely on the public schools, most, most families do at least um, to, you know, provide opportunity for your kids. And, um, and that shows up in every survey. Uh, every survey finds that the majority of people in Idaho really value the public school system and, and they want to see our schools funded and most people have heard the, the sad news that Idaho is 50th out of 50 states in funding for education. And, and we're just people who are out here trying to do something about that. So we're confident that if we get the word out, we're going you know, to give the people of Idaho a chance to take this matter into their own hands, and they're going to vote for the Quality Education Act in November. Once again, we're talking with Luke Mayville, uh, co-founder of Reclaim Idaho on a quality education ballot initiative. Can you uh, hang on? We need to take a quick break here. Can you hang on for one more segment? Yes, definitely. Thanks so much. have a few more questions for you uh, about the uh, funding. We'll get to that coming up here next. KBOI Newstime is 846. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 853, once again, talking with uh, Luke Mayville, co-founder of Reclaim Idaho, and today they are turning in uh, their names to get the Quality Education Ballot Initiative passed in November's uh, November's election. That will happen uh, today. I had a couple things uh, to ask you having to do with the uh, funding. You said uh, $323 million a year that would be paid for uh, by modest tax increases on corporations and Idahoans who earn over $250,000 a year. My question would be, with $323 million, sorry, um, where would that move Idaho to as far as spending? We'd go 50th to what? Well, Idaho has fallen so far behind over the last 20 years that even this large increase in, in funding for education would probably move, only move us about uh, three spots, two or three spots. It depends on what other states do. Um, so we'll still have um, progress to make, you know, in the coming years. But this is very worth doing because this will still be the most significant investment that we've seen in a whole lot of years. And really what's most important to us overall isn't, isn't just the ranking. It's things like, you know, whether a welding program in a rural community can survive and can keep and keep functioning. It's whether, whether a school district can hang on to a few of its best teachers and prevent those teachers from moving to Wyoming. Um, so, um, 
it will move us up in the rankings. It will be a significant leap forward. And the, the most important thing, though, is, is, the, is the real positive impact it will have on our kids. The uh, initiative itself says that, that money will not be used to pay the salaries of or compensate superintendents or principals or other administrators. How do you keep that from happening? Directly in the initiative, there's a, a prohibition against that, that that funding cannot be used uh, for that purpose. And there's oversight of the spending in the initiative um, by the State Board of Education. So we really tried to strike a balance in this initiative between having local control by giving uh, the local district um, some amount of so local school boards, some amount of local control over how to spend that money. But at the same time, the state board of education oversees it in case they step out of line. And there's only specific things that they can spend the money on. They can spend it on a list of things that are in the initiative. Um, administrative salaries are strictly prohibited. They can't, they cannot spend the money on that. Um, they must spend the money on things actually listed in the initiative, but within that list, they've got some flexibility and local control about how to do that. One more question before we let you go. What would you say to uh, critics that say raising corporate taxes is uh, raising the tax rate on everybody because the corporations are just going to pass that tax rate along to people who buy their products? What we see with the corporate tax rate uh, is that especially when it's a pretty small increase in the rate, uh, the main cost is not to consumers. The main cost is going to end up being to shareholders. And when you look at who the shareholders are, uh, something like 85% of the shares are actually held by people outside of Idaho um, for these corporations. And they okay. tend to be really, and they tend to be really wealthy people. So um, we hear the theory from time to time that, it leads to uh, higher prices and things. It's just there's not much evidence for that. Right. Really, it's going to be a pretty small tax on shareholders, most of whom are uh, outside the state of Idaho. Once again, Luke Mayville, uh, Reclaim Idaho co-founder. This is going to be going on. You're turning in uh, the petitions today at the Capitol. What time is that going to happen if people want to show up? At noon today, we'll be turning those in. to, uh, right. and So you can join us on the steps of the Capitol. Thank you once again for taking a few minutes with us this morning. Thanks so much, Mike. Thanks, Chris. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Since he passed background checks in Illinois... Why wouldn't he have passed a, a federal background check? Because what Congress passed still relies on the same overtaxed and sometimes deficient background check system that the FBI uses. He was never arrested back in 2019. And absent a formal arrest, we just don't have the mechanism to, to flag somebody like a Robert Cremo. There were no guns to confiscate at the time in 2019, and there was no application for a gun permit to deny. And so he was able, with his father's endorsement, one of the very people that he presumably threatened in 2019, he was able to apply for, for the proper firearms licensing and pass four background checks in the state of Illinois. In 2019, not only did he attempt suicide, five months later, he threatened to kill everybody in his family's house. At the time, the authorities confiscated more than a dozen knives, a dagger, 
and a sword doesn't sound like somebody who you would then want to acquire firearms. But at the time, none of the, the strict firearms laws that Illinois has really applied. No. So, somebody on Twitter last night said the biggest red flag was the fact that he had facial tattoos. <laughs> well, if that's the case, Post Malone would be in prison. That's a good point. I, I get it that he passed background checks. He, I, I kind of, I'm sorry, and in most instances I would never say this, but I kind of blame Dad because he, with his endorsement, was able to buy these five weapons. His dad knew about all these things that happened. But I, I go back to, I get, I get the background check wouldn't have done anything, but this area of Illinois and most of Illinois, Highland Park, is one of those places has red flag laws. I don't know with what was just described there. And let me let me go through this timeline um, once again. In April, his family. This is last year in April. Family called police a week after he threatened to kill himself. All right, there's red flag number one. In September of last year, he threatened to kill everyone. That's when the cops did show up, confiscated sixteen knives, a dagger, and a sword. He was also accused of sizing up a synagogue synagogue in Highland Park in April to shoot up uh, during the Passover holiday. They must have something written down about that. Yeah. Because I don't think you can charge somebody with just, like, looking at a building. He was not arrested. Instead, went on to legally buy the five guns, including the two rifles in Illinois. So somebody's going to have to help me here. Because in my way of thinking, those just those three things themselves don't. I get it that if people don't see his social media accounts, and, and there were apparently problems. As a matter of fact, here I'm going to have you play this too. Could you play cut number eight for me um, about social media information? It had a lot of information from social media. I think this is going to be one of those instances where we take a look at the social media posts that authorities are now digging into and we'll find that while this is shocking because of where it happened and what circumstances, this is not going to be a total surprise. There were a number of social media posts that depict violent content that even depict the route of the July 4th parade in Highland Park, Illinois, as recently as 10 months before the shooting even took place. So that's social media account. Another, once again, that's another red flag. But I get it that if nobody sees the social media accounts, you know, they're, they're not going to report it. You know, police aren't looking at everybody's social media accounts. However, the three previous things that I mentioned are all red flags. So somebody has to explain to me it, how are red flag laws supposed to work if they don't work? I mean, here is a perfect prime example where you have strict red flag laws in Highland Park, Illinois, and there were at least a minimum of three, if not four or more, what you would call red flags, and there were also that many background, nothing was ever done. There were that many background checks, and for some reason they didn't check any of the red flags. So there you are. So are, are none of these things reported to police? I mean, police showed up. In one of the instances, and took away all his knives. Maybe it only counts on the sword. on the background check if you're charged with something. Is that the way that red flag laws are supposed to work? I didn't think no. that you had to be charged with anything. That yeah. was the complaint that people have. It's like you can't take away people's rights, Second Amendment rights, without due process. 
Mm-hmm. So what's going on here? I mean, even Vice President Kamala Harris was in Highland Park yesterday and said, Congress has to do something with red flag laws. This proves that it didn't work. Well, why why would Congress then need to do apparently, another law that already yeah. is in place in the place that it happened? Apparently, even though the red flag laws are in place, they seem to miss about 95% of everything. I wonder if it might be even higher than that. Yeah, probably. I'm not saying, and, and I know a, a good response is, is, you know, what should we just get rid of all our laws in since they don't work? You know, if if somebody had a if somebody had a diagram of a parade route on their Facebook page or Instagram or whatever, uh, I would look at that and think, okay, the first thing I would think is, okay, maybe they're on the parade coordinating committee. <laughs> uh, number two, maybe they just want to go to the parade and are telling everybody what's the you know what's the best place to look or where do you want to meet. It wouldn't occur to me probably that somebody was planning. A mass shooting. Unless you added A plus B and were able to come up with C. Which you, you which, put together all his you, social media and the if things you saw that he me said in, in the uh, past. Algebra and geometry, you'd know I can't do that. <laughs> Police should be able to do it, shouldn't they? I mean somebody's gonna have to explain that. I I mean I don't have an answer to it. I don't get it. But it this would seem to be one of those instances. That where people are calling for red flag laws, and this was one of the laws that was just passed by Congress, you know, saying, hey, if we just had red flag laws, it would stop these mass shootings. Well, apparently they're either not being enforced or they don't work. I, I don't know. I'm not, I, I don't have an answer. I'm just like, I'm questioning this as more and more information on this comes in. Maybe they should, you know. Well, you know, the, the thing, if you see something, say something. Maybe they should put out a campaign. If you see something, you know, crazy, say something. Say, yeah. Well, not say something crazy, but say something. Mike writes in uh, email, Mike at KBY.com. Oh, my st- most Idahoans favors current Second Amendment rights. I find it impossible to believe the founding fathers, while, while ensuring a well-regulated militia, envisioned a country facing a runaway number of mass shootings and using military-style weapons, especially considering... We have the world's most powerful military and 50 state militias. The facts show that during 2017 to 2021, five-year period, there were 299 deaths and 31 mass shootings defined as four deaths, about a third more than the 221 deaths in the previous five years. The number of people injured and crippled was five times higher. Thus far this year, there have been 15 mass shootings, killing 67 and injuring over 100. In addition to mass shootings... In addition, rather, mass shootings are just a fraction of the daily total firearm deaths in the U.S., where about 124 people die every day in other acts of gun violence. Guns are the most used means of committing suicide. My bottom line, mental health is a common denominator in all countries, but no other country comes close to having dizzy, uh, grizzly, the dizzying grisly deaths by gun numbers in the United States. Doing nothing is not the American way. We can cut the death count with red flags, universal ground checks, uh, or background checks, rather, and a limit to civilian use or buying back assault-style weapons more powerful than the arms our military carried in Vietnam. We can escape Second Amendment hell. Mike, I don't agree with it. I, I agree with some of the stuff uh, you just said. I do not agree that the guns being used are more powerful than the weapons used and carried in Vietnam. Um. What is your definition of assault-style weapon? Also, when you say buy back assault-style weapons, 
because my definition is any gun or any weapon that you use to assault somebody is an assault weapon. You're assaulting somebody. It's against the law. Yeah. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a uh, break. More of your phone calls and emails. Tom, uh, stay right where you're at. We'll get to you coming up here next. You want to talk about uh, the education bill that we just talked about with Luke Mayville? You can uh, feel free to talk about that or uh, any of the other subjects this morning. Or you can talk about the Highland Park shooter as we get in more information uh, yesterday, uh, between our show yesterday and this morning, a seventh person has now passed away. There have been seven charges since our show ended yesterday, all charges of murder with a dozen more charges, at least a dozen more charges. First degree murder. Expected to uh, come. Take your phone calls and emails, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Email chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com, or you can uh, text us. Same as our main number, 208-336-3700. Download the 670-KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, you can email chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Uh, send us a message through our fan page on Facebook, or you can text us. Um, a little bit earlier this morning, just about half an hour ago, we talked with Luke Mayville of Reclaim Idaho uh, about uh, quality education ballot initiative. They're working to get on to the November ballot. As a matter of fact, they're going to be delivering those petitions to the Secretary of State's office today. And some calls are coming in. Talk about that. Tom and Boise, thanks for being patient. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Good morning. I just have a question that I have not heard any statistics from anyone thus far. I don't even know if they're available. Uh, the guy kept making the note that we're 50th in the nation in spending. Uh, the question I have is, that how are our kids doing? Are they qualifying to go to college? Are they going on, uh, you know, in other words, are they, the education they're getting right now in our public system, is it producing the ability for them to go and to go to college, to technical school, to find jobs, to do the things that they're wanting to do? Because my comment, would, I guess, would be is that, if we're 50th in the nation, and whatever that statistic is, uh, as far as our kids being able to do what they're doing, let's suppose we're 25th. My response would be is we're getting a heck of a lot of bang for our buck. So why are we concerned about being 50th? Uh, the second question I have is I have a number of friends of mine who are teachers, and virtually every one of them who have left teaching did not leave because of the money. They left because of lack of administrative support. They were in a situation where they were just being asked to do so many more things that took away from their ability to teach the kids that they decided, you know, I'm not being a teacher anymore. I'm basically pushing paperwork and uh, decided to leave. So those are the two questions I have. Interesting. Yeah, I I don't have an answer from that. And, and I would say that just because that you might be 50th in spending doesn't necessarily mean you're 50th in education. And I don't know where Idaho stands. I don't, I, I can tell you right now we're not in the top 10. Um, but yeah, you're, you're exactly right. I don't believe we're 50th in education in the state of Idaho. I'm trying to look it up, see if I can find some information. Kevin, I find things like national report cards, but right. it turns out it's not about education. Kevin and Caldwell, while you looked at, uh, we'll 
talk to you for a second. Wait for the plane to fly overhead. Uh, Kevin and Caldwell, good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Thank you. They're like little knowing gnats. They always fly over <laughs> while I'm out working on the farm. Anyhow, um, I don't even know that we're 50th in spending because there's different ways of measuring that. If they're measuring it off of uh, the state general fund budget coming in, a lot of our spending is set on, spent on spent by supplemental funds and property taxes. Other states don't fund that way. So that brings a question. But my question was, Reclaim Idaho, they're the same people that were behind the Medicaid expansion, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Um, not sure. The same people? Yeah, they wanted sure. it. But I'm, I'm pretty sure they did that. Yeah, they are. They know, are the same ones. Be, they are the same ones who did that. And and something needed to be done, but there was a lot of unintended consequences of that. Sorry, here comes my mad again. But uh, <laughs> it, it's to me, the Medicaid expansion is a small business employer took a lot of people out of the workforce. There are a lot of unintended consequences of that bill of that law. I've got friends that used to work for me that no longer work at all because if they get get over a certain, I think it's like $10,000 a year, they're no longer eligible for their Medicaid. So it was a disincentive for people to go to work. So I hope, I guess what I'm saying with this thing, with this new deal that they're doing as far as funding for the schools, I hope that somebody gives it a really thorough look through this time and looks at unintended consequences. I'm a little worried about that. You know, maybe this money will just be thrown at the schools and not do any good. So, yeah, I'm just hoping somebody really looks it over because the road to hell is paved with good intentions. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. I looked up uh, just the amount spent. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't find the test results and things like that, but uh, I looked up the amount spent on uh, a site called teachingcertification.com, and Idaho, uh, they count D.C. in this, so there are 51. Idaho is 50th of 51, and Utah is 51st. Now, Interesting. Schools, I think, in Utah are pretty good, but there are so many children in Utah that you can spend a ton of money, and it still doesn't come out to that much per kid. Right. See, and that's that. I guess that may be the problem when you start looking, you know, just as a general statement of, you know, this state is 50th, or as in this instance, Utah is 51st first in spending. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think it necessarily matters how much you spend or where you rank as far as spending against other states. It's like he asked, you know, what kind of results are we getting for our buck? And I think that is important. That's the most important thing is how much, what are the results you're getting for every dollar that is spent? Um, We'll take a quick break here. Phone lines are open right now. If you're on the line uh, waiting, stay right where you're at. We want to talk to you. I promise we're going to get to you coming up here next. We've got to get to news here at the bottom of the hour. More of your phone calls and emails coming up. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 9.32, East Coast Walden on Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in this morning, being a part of the show. Remember, you can always be more of a part of the show by participating. Easy to do. Call us up, 208-336-3700, 1-800-529-KBOI. That's 800-529-5264, toll-free. You have a Verizon wireless phone, just hit pound 670. Paul in Napa, thanks for hanging on this morning and being patient. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. You wanted to talk about Fourth of July Parade. Yeah, not just that one, but the one previous to that in that, in that part of our country where we had the, the Christmas parade where the African-American man decided to jump into that Jeep and mow over a bunch of 
people walking down the street in the parade. And I just, that, that, I felt that in the pit of my stomach when I witnessed that on television. And then to have the same, basically the same thing instead of a weapon of mass destruction, um, that rifle that he used, you know, instead of the car the first time, it was back to the rifle again. And I thought, you know, here we go again. And, and I got that same feeling in the pit of my stomach, like a part of Americans, um, innocence has been lost and I don't know if it can be recovered or um, if there's too many forces against recovering that or you know you, you kind of you have that idea when you you hear the polls on the 3rd of July that you know only 38% of people are are uh, patriotically filled on the 4th of July and, and and when you hear those kind of numbers it just it makes you wonder you know what what in the world are we getting ourselves into? And, and it just, it was a sickening feeling in the pit of my stomach, and yeah. that's all I got to say. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it, Paul. Yeah. Um, Joe writes in, says uh, this, talking once again about the uh, wanting to put this on the November ballot and talking about uh, Reclaim Idaho. We talked with Luke Mayville a little bit earlier this morning, Quality Education Ballot Initiative. Um, Joe writes in says another government money grab. If you pay teachers five thousand dollars more per teacher, will kids be able to read? I do not think it will change one thing with the Hate America First liberals in charge of our schools. Well, they're not in charge of all the schools. You you had something I I did. I found I, I found uh, average SAT scores for all fifty states plus the District of Columbia plus Puerto Rico, plus the U.S. Virgin Islands. So 53 total, and Idaho ranks um, 25th. 51st out of 53. Oh, the only ones we beat were the U.S. Virgin Islands and Delaware. So we're 50th in spending and 51st. I don't know. You can't necessarily just call SAT test scores education. No, I mean, if that's one of the things uh, by which you do judge SAT scores, uh, then Idaho's average SAT score on a scale of uh, 1,600 is 985, which is not great. No, that's like 200 less. Like in Iowa, it's 1,243. Minnesota, 1,263. And then there's Idaho, 985. And uh, we beat Delaware, who finished 984. And the uh, U.S. Virgin Islands, uh, theirs was way back, 920. I'd like to see what uh, graduation rates. I don't know if it, there's someplace we can see that compares graduation rates with the rest of the states. Jeez, North Dakota, 1258. That's a pretty good score. You were saying uh, we were talking about money being spent. Idaho, you know, being 50th in spending in education. Um, you had found that one location website where it was kind of surprising the top five mm -hmm. in education spending. I think uh, what was it? Uh, was it New York was number one, and then number two was Wyoming. And Wyoming, what was Idaho spends around nine thousand eight eight to nine thousand mm -hmm. dollars per student, and Wyoming spends about nineteen thousand per student. So over twice as much for student. However, I wouldn't necessarily think or claim that Wyoming. Students are twice as smart as maybe theirs Idaho is, students. Maybe theirs is uh, wasted on their compensation for the commute. <laughs> Carl in Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Uh, yes, I just wanted to uh, 
let you know that uh, I'm very cautious over testing numbers. And the reason why uh, is because uh, my son had been raised in Idaho and then went back to his mother in California. And when he left here at the end of his junior high school year, uh, he was a uh, straight across C minus student. And uh, I think that was generous than saying he was a C minus student. <laughs> when he went to uh, high school in California, they retested him again. Uh, they had to before, because you go state to state, you have to be retested. Uh-huh. And he immediately became an honor student over there, an A-plus student. And the whole reason I found out was because they lowered their standards <laughs> for the illegal immigrants that were coming in uh, because they weren't passing and they kept holding back all the illegal Im- immigrants. So they lowered their standards, and so now he's rated fantastic. <laughs> so he went. And he literally a, went a from funny, a, a C minus student here in Idaho. All he did was move and became an A student, an A plus student. A plus he student. was an honor student. <laughs> location, location, <laughs> location. Wow! You can't trust the numbers. That's all okay. I want to say. Yeah, all that's right. True. Yeah, a very good point. Thank you for the call. Thanks for holding on, Carl. I, I pointed out Iowa had really good scores. They also have the national testing program. The mm. Iowa test mm. that, that yeah. grade school kids take. Yeah. A friend of mine worked uh, for them for a while correcting uh, papers. He, they just needed people to, you know, do things like read essays and, right. and uh, you know, write down, did they spell all these things correctly, blah, blah, blah. Bob in Nampa, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Morning, guys. You were talking about our education system here a moment ago. I deal with, especially this time of year, those that have just gotten out of high school or out maybe a couple of years through my business, and they can't write. I mean, not that they can't write well. They physically cannot write. They cannot do simple math. They have no clue how the world works. And uh, if you're going to base teachers' salary on the product they're turning out, they're getting very well paid for what they're producing. <laughs> so, so, yeah, yeah it just, it's just, it, it's, it's amazing. I mean, I stopped at a local drive through the other day and uh, ordered some foods, come to like $13. I handed the little gal a $50 bill. She looked at that like, well, I'm only trained on giving change up to $20 bills. I don't know how to give change for a $50 bill. Like, I told her, well, give me change for a 20 and give me $30 more. Well, she wasn't going to do that. She wasn't got the manager. I mean, it's just, it's incredible how, how little these people know. So that's my <laughs> no, comment. For yeah, today. no, I've, I, I've seen the exact same thing. You know, you don't want to get change back and you give somebody, you know, change over a dollar, you know, and the charge, the charge was under a dollar and you, you want even money back and it totally blows them out of the water. Trying to well, wait a minute. You just gave me more money than I said it, that I'm charging you. It's like, well, yeah, I don't yeah, want something's, any pennies or something's eighty cents. So you give them a dollar five, and they look at you like, uh, are thanks are for you, the tip? Are you insane? Uh, Rob in uh, Cuna, you're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning to you. Yeah, I think some of these numbers are probably kind of skewed because you've got a lot of migrant farm workers that come up here and ranch workers and dairy workers. And they got their kids. I'm not. I'm not being negative. I'm just. It is what it is. 
And another thing, all this talk, all this talk about SCG scores, not everybody needs to go to college. You know, plumbers make eighty, ninety thousand dollars a year. We need plumbers, mechanics. That's true. Welders, Maybe some of the smartest you know. people aren't taking SATs because they're smart enough to go. I'm not going to go eighty thousand dollars into debt to go to college. I'm going to go to a trade school and not take an SAT. Exactly. I don't want to call it, and I do very well. <laughs> Thank you for the call. Appreciate it, Rob. Now, Utah, who we pointed out, 51st in spending, but their test scores, at least on the SAT, are some of the best. They get a 1238. Hmm. That's like 150 better than Idaho. <laughs> uh, Thank, yeah, plus... Thanks. Thank you for getting that. Plus... Uh, <laughs> Another what? It's 200. Well, no. Yeah, it's 200 and, 253 better than Idaho. Wow. That is a lot. That is strange. I, I mean, that, that, and that's the whole point we made a little bit earlier about you can't really necessarily collate nah. spending this is just the only how thing. smart your students right. are. This is just the only, uh, you know, the, these test scores are the only thing that I've got so far. Yeah. Um, Robin uh, writes in this morning. This is a subject we were talking about a little bit earlier this morning. Robin writes in, uh, hi, Mike and Chris. Uh, welcome back, Mike. Thank you, Robin. Um, there is no law that we can pass that will stop the kind of thing that what happened in Chicago over the weekend. This guy well, it wasn't Chicago. It was Highland Park um, near Chicago. This guy broke so many laws to get to his end game. I will always stand on the issue that these shootings are carried out by severely mentally ill individuals there were so many people around this guy that knew he shouldn't have weapons but it was allowed anyway as i understand it chicago is one of the states uh that have red flag laws first of all chicago is a city uh sorry robin to um correct you illinois though does have red flag laws for most of the state you're right chicago does too but so does highland park so how did this guy get a gun I did read or hear a story that his dad facilitated the purchase. The guy pulling the trigger, trigger is responsible for the murder of seven people, the, but the people that know him intimately are equally responsible. That's Robin. John says, this is from earlier, maroon air quality. Hmm, that gives us a taste of what Beijing, China has 100-plus days a year. Yeah, not wrong. And we only had it for two hours. By the way, in case you missed the story, uh, we were talking about the uh, air quality on the 4th of July. Air quality during the day on the 4th of July for Boise was green, which is good category, which is great for this time of year, because usually right now with hot temperatures and uh, smoke from wildfires coming into the valley, our, our air quality isn't that great. But it was green on the 4th of July until midnight after everybody had been lighting off fireworks. And then, of course, you had all the city fireworks. Boise had city fireworks. From midnight to 2 a.m., uh, the air quality went to maroon, which is the absolute worst that you can possibly have. There's nothing above maroon, I guess, other than dying. Jan writes in and says, good morning. Somehow we have to have background checks enforced. We know that the background checks take much longer than the wait time at the gun stores from gun stores interviews. Don't we really need to fix that? I'm not sure if I heard this correctly, but 20 is the magic number to get an AR-15. That's Jan and Boise. Uh, the, the numbers I heard the other day is that or they've raised it to 21 to get a handgun, but you can have a rifle at 18. You can purchase one, I mean. And that's why this person was... And, a, that, and I mean, the AR-15 qualifies as a rifle, according to... Yeah, it's a long yeah. rifle. Um, 
this person bought the guns legally, all five guns that he owned. And you're right, the the parent. And he is twenty one. You're twenty one. You can do what you want. Yeah, twenty. And there's even some question on that. Twenty one or twenty two, but it doesn't matter. He is over twenty one. Um, uh, his dad did go with him and endorse you know, the fact that he was able to buy guns. And I do place a little bit of blame on dad. I, he didn't pull the trigger. All right, I get that. However. Dad knew all this other stuff that was going on. I don't know about you. You and I are both parents, Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had your kid who has claimed to want to kill everybody, who has claimed to want to kill himself, who had knives and swords confiscated by police um, because of uh, a call that came into the police department, would you allow your kid? No. I mean, not allow. I mean, he's 22, but would you go with him and say, hey... I, I'm here to endorse his no, uh, I would, buying uh, a gun. I would have probably have told him from a very early age that you can have one when you when you have proven that you are responsible enough to have one, and therefore, what, with what you just described, they wouldn't have done that. By yeah, now. like I said, there's there's going to be blame to lie all around on this. The, the red flag laws, I still don't understand. You know, if maybe I don't understand how red flag laws are supposed to work, but in in the way and the things that we have seen. And this person's social media posts and all the things and times the police have been called, the fact that he is he had threatened to kill everyone uh, and and himself. Uh, I thought that's what red flag laws are supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And if you're going, well, we don't have red flag laws. We don't in Idaho, but Highland Park and most of Illinois has red flag laws that I think should have stopped this if this is the way red flag laws are supposed to work. But maybe I don't know how they're supposed to work. I don't know. We'll take a quick break. We've got one more segment on the way. Uh, Melody uh, in Emmett, stay right where you're at. I promise we'll get to you coming up here next. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 9.51, quick reset on the uh, stock market. We were in the green for a long time this morning. Um, Now pretty much all the indexes are in the red. Dow is down 100 and. Five points. I should say that correctly. Dow is just only down 105 points. And we found out uh, earlier today that indexes and indices are both correct. You could, yeah, you can use either one. Exactly. John writes in and says, why aren't we talking about banning automobiles? There are over 100 deaths in the U.S. every day related to automobiles. Maybe some consider the automobile a tool we use for survival, enjoyment, entertainment, protection, etc. Can't the same be said for weapons? So why all the hype around weapons? Perhaps weapons are being politically exploited as a rallying cry for a political party heading toward extinction. I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think the reason we don't uh, talk about automobiles with the same urgency is that, let's say that 100 people were killed today in automobiles. Okay, Which, which will My, happen? I'm going to guess 98% of them were accidents and maybe two people did it on purpose. Yeah. Let's just call that, you know, at random. Whereas... Uh, if 100 people were killed by guns, 98 of them probably were murdered, and two of them probably were killed by accident. The surprising thing is, though, with... Murdered or committed suicide. Right. With with automobiles, you know, and, and I get his point. With automobiles, if you wanted to make automobile, automobiles, um, like, increase the safety by about... 80%. Just, however, just make the speed limit go down to 30 miles. However, you have to have a license recognized in every state to operate an automobile. You, I mean, there are so many hoops to jump through when it comes to automobiles, and we have so many regulations on them. Uh, and yet, yes, we still have accidents. Mm. 
Uh, Melody, Emmett, thank you for being patient. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Well, good morning, guys. You guys a while back was talking about people not knowing how to count money back, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you a story. I graduated from Beale High in 1971, so you know how old I am, so don't say anything. <laughs> and I was working at the Arctic Circle, and they put me at the window. And when it came to counting change back, I was so embarrassed. I looked at my supervisor, and I said, I don't know how to do this. And she showed me. I have never, never forgotten. And I don't know why they don't teach this. Because when I go somewhere and they just put money in my hands, in my hands, I stand there and I count it back. And if they do count it back to me, I thank them for doing that. So why don't they teach this? This is everyday stuff. And I know a lot of people don't use cash. I do. I don't use cards. They need to know this. So why is it when, not? When I was in school, we did learn that. Do they not teach that oh, anymore? I don't know. Maybe yeah, they don't. Maybe they don't. I, well, maybe I, I don't know. Maybe I was just dumb or something, but I did not know <laughs> no, how to you. do that. And maybe I didn't get, I was in the same room you were, I guess. I don't know. But I don't know. They need to do this. Yeah. Well, I was, uh, I was, I was two towns over in Twin Falls. The good thing is you said you were yeah. taught it, you were shown it once and you remembered it for the rest of your life. So you, you, it, it, yeah, was, it, it impressed me so much right. that I knew how to do it. You know, it's that pride yeah. in knowing how to do it. Thank you. you. Know? Thank you for the call, Melody. Appreciate it. And glad you remembered you know, that and, your entire life. And, well, and imagine, you know, if kids had that sort of pride several times a day, every single day of their lives, because you can continue to learn things. It is amazing uh, things that will trigger something like like it did for Melody, that it's something like that, that then she remembered for the, her entire rest of the life. And, something and I, that simple. I know we've only got a few seconds, but I should point out, I have known other people who just, they were relatively smart people, but for some reason couldn't count change back. It was just a mental block somewhere. For, for some Stop reason. looking at me when you talk okay, like sorry. that. Uh, that's it for today. Uh, we are on a 20-hour break. We'll be back again uh, coming up tomorrow morning. Congressman Russ Fulcher will be with us tomorrow morning.